back. Welcome back. It is the Minnesota Football Daves once again. Uh, I believe this is number five for Women's World Cup. Uh, my name is Eric. We have the usual Motley crew here. Uh, Dave, Bridget, Rodrigo, I believe Nubia will be joining us shortly. Uh, how is everybody doing this? What day is it? Sunday. Sunday evening. Dave, how are you? Uh, great. I actually got to see Bridget and Rodrigo this morning at the Blackheart for the Liverpool-Chelsea yeah. game. That was hella fun. Uh, and Nubia as well. So all, all four of us were there. So we, we, we missed you, Eric. Um, forgot to mention that we're all going to be there. So uh, NG as I well. I mean, he um, can't show up if you don't invite me. That's what I tell my I students, mean, that's, too. Yes. Also, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's also true. <laughs> on a Saturday or Sunday morning, I think you can... It's a pretty safe bet that you'll find one of us there. Yes, so. yeah. exactly. Um, well, yeah, me it for was, sure. It was funny because like we're driving over there, and we get there, uh, and there's like maybe two cars in in the parking lot, <laughs> right? And then and then like Nubia's like, "Oh, Bridget's not here yet," and I was like, "And and then someone else has to go. Is Dave gonna be there?" It's like, and she goes, "Oh, Dave's always here." Dave's always here. <laughs> It's funny because I was I was just driving by as I saw you guys go in the door. I was like, oh, they beat me here and they're all here. Okay. Uh, yeah, we don't not, need to talk it's, about. Go ahead. It's not by choice. Like usually, <laughs> yeah, like it was like it was like I was like, G was uh, spent, G spent time uh, slept over at her at her girlfriend's house and we were like, oh, okay. And I was like, she usually doesn't wake up for early games or anything like that. Mind you, 10.30 would be an early game for her. But anyways, so like I text her at 8 and she doesn't answer. Right. And I was like, oh, all right. And then Nubia's awake. And it was Santi's birthday yesterday. So we're all trying to clean up and just trying to figure out what the what we're going to do. And then I said, hey, um, I said, let's go get some coffee. It's just me and you. Nobody else is awake. Right. You know, I was like, let's go. So we went to get some coffee. It was probably like around 9.45. We were coming back. And Giselle at 10 o'clock calls me. And she go, what do you want? And she's like, oh, you come pick me up and take me to the bar. I was like, well, you know what? I texted you at eight. You didn't reply till ten. I've made other life choices. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, we have what? since moved on with our day. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, what? I was like, she's like, shut up. I was like, and then, and then Nubia takes over. She's like, it's like, oh, you want us to pick you up? I was like, I guess I can pick you up. And then it's like. And then it's like, well, Lily's coming too. I was like, great. So we'll just dress. So we literally got coffee, showed up with Dunkin' Donut coffee at the bar in my PJs, <laughs> which I'm still wearing, I think. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, so. you look like you're in the same stuff you were in this morning. Yeah, but. it's still, I'm still PJs. It's still wearing, like, you once, know, once like, you've worn them to the bar, it's it's every day attire. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're so. every day clothes at that point. So, well, it was, so I, was like, I was like, I'm there. And we're like, well, might as well just, just get it over with. And so, like, yeah. So I was like, and I was not there by choice, you know. I, but apparently, yeah, that, that was that was that was our morning. Well, well it was great to got, see you. The less said about Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, the better. But yeah, it was great seeing yeah, all, all the guys there. this morning. I guess it's like a a, a three for one. I I asked Dave, but I got everybody since you guys were all <laughs> together. So I, if any does anybody have any anything else to add, uh, Bridget Rodrigo, you guys, uh, I mean, doing the... well. You watched you watched the match. Watch that. I went over to St. Thomas. I am still counting the mosquito bites that I got while I was sitting over there at St. Thomas watching a scrimmage. Um, got out of there before the rain. Most of it, anyway. Um, yeah, still no rain over here. take a picture here of, uh, of the Bridget situation for viewers because <laughs> it's pretty amazing. 
there's a yeah. I think technology situation it looks like yeah i think i said yeah. like the the ring camera the ring. On, the, the, yeah. on the doors that films the burglars or whatever oh my god yeah it's, it's only Br- bridget's lurking it's outside it's only a 1500 laptop and yeah. look like... i think the funny thing for us is like yesterday was santi's birthday and so like one of the things we're like what do you want to do for your birthday right because this is golden birthday right and he's like I want to go play futsal at 12. I was like, <laughs> that's literally yes, was the first thing he said. Dude. I was like, Sickos, yes. Sickos yes. And, that was, and that was the first thing he said to, he said to me. I, he walked up and I was like, dude, happy birthday. I wanted to come here just for my birthday. And he goes over and puts his shoes on. I was like, all right, dude. Yeah. And then, and then, then, we, then we miss, like, he gets to play, right? Like, G's there and I'm all there. And like we're trying to play, and it's it's get competitive. I was like, I was uh-huh. like, what's with these ringers? Like, you know, they're like trying to body me as I'm trying to get past someone. I was like, well, wow. I was like, all right, we got some. He was like, yeah, it was. A... And then one of them, someone, Santi decides to be in goal, and like he shoots and he blocks one shot, and then he shoots. Someone shoots again and he blocks it. Uh-huh. And then first thing he does is is scream, is scream, suck my balls, like really loud. <laughs> Like DSC and like everyone Thanks, laughs Dave. and everyone looks at me and and like and everyone looks at me and, and like Nubia's like I, that's what I, yep I I yelled that's Rodrigo's fault you can thank him for that. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, ask Nubia Nubia's in here now. How are you, Nubia? Rodrigo has it's been talking been, for a minute. Yeah, it's been um a busy weekend. Uh, obviously, Rodrigo was talking about Santi's golden birthday yesterday. Yep. We were literally doing things all day, and then today. Was supposed to be a little bit more chill, but uh, we ended up doing something with um, our, our really good friends because it's their so their daughter Anna turned twenty today, and Anna and Isa have been best friends forever, um, and so we usually do joint um, bowling tonight, and so um, we did joint bowling most of the afternoon, and then um, Rodrigo actually threw down my chicken taco dinner. Um, and so they came over for dinner and that's why I was late because I was seeing them off because that's what we were doing because Anna turned 20. So nice. yeah, back to back. Yeah. Back to back birthday parties for, for us. You are wearing a Thorns jersey. It looks like. I am wearing the 2022 NWSL championship oh, jersey very nice. that Rodrigo purchased for me the night that the Thorns won Dope. the championship. Very cool. Uh, well, I don't have really, really have a good, a good transition between that and, and jumping into the Women's World Cup quarterfinals, unless Nubia, correct me, if, are, are there any Thorns players in Spain or Netherlands? I don't think so, right? I believe not. Okay. I tried. No. I, I thought maybe I could like shoehorn <laughs> it in there, but no. All right. Definitely not. Good try. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to it. Uh, quarterfinals, we began with Spain and Netherlands. It is a... 2-1 final. Um, but this one kind of surprised me. I, I thought Netherlands were going to come out a little more aggressive, and it turns out it, it was España. Spain were the aggressors the majority of this match. Um, yeah, there's a lot of narrative to talk about, but I will open it up to whoever wants to take it from there, and uh, please, whoever wants it. I think um, the Netherlands were missing Vandenonk. It was pretty obvious in the midfield. Um, she was suspended for this game. I un, I mistakenly thought that she was going to be back for this game, but she um, was sadly in the stands for this game, and I think it was pretty obvious that they were missing her. 
um, at least on the Spanish um, side of it, they were talking about um, how they were missing her in the midfield, but, but it was pretty obvious that the Netherlands was kind of a little bit chaotic in that midfield without Danielle Vandendonk in there. Um, so um, yeah, there's that. Um, again, you know, this game actually ended um, regulation tied one, one um, with Alexia again, best play in the world, not coming in until what, five minutes before the yeah, end of regulation? Yeah, a late substitution, yep. Which I still I still don't understand because Rodrigo and I made the made the connection that the game shifted again when she came in. And so mm-hmm. I don't I still don't understand why she's not starting, why she's not getting more minutes, why she didn't get subbed on earlier. I mean, I, I understand if you're trying to save her, but I don't understand why you just don't play one of the best players in the world. Um at least by you know at least putting her in at, sub, at the 60th or 70th minute it just doesn't make any sense yep i agree with that um unfortunate penalty with with a handball there are there are the referee was very busy in this match is what i remember because there were a couple mm. um there was a there was a pk that should have went for holland i think that was called back if i'm not mistaken and then the spanish one just it, it was just it was unintentional, but it was pretty clear that the ball hits the woman's hand just right on the line. Uh, so that sets up the first goal. Uh, Van der Graat gets a great solo effort goal in like the 90-something, 91st minute. She, she was she was actually the person – she was the player at fault for the handball, too, as a matter of fact. So 10 was minutes really? earlier. Oh, yeah, man. 10 minutes earlier, she almost cost her team the game, and then she gets them back into it um, to get them – you know, and there was, I believe – 12 or 13 minutes of stoppage time in this game. There was a lot of stoppage time in the second half. Yeah. Of the yeah. So, there was like 12 minutes or something ridiculous. Yeah. Like that. Which, which has been a theme. I feel like there's been yeah, yeah. over eight to 10 minutes of stoppage time is had just, just became the norm yeah. in this cup. But, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, but we, we had that in the, in the men's we did. Too. Yeah. We did, so, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just the new rule where they're actually having possession time and then whatever is considered, you know, non-possession yeah, time. And they're they're add actually, to like, yeah. tracking the VAR right, time. And, right, right. And, yeah. and so, so. I would say just to Nubia's point a little earlier, um, that Spain was just, at, like, was dominant. I mean, the Netherlands had very – missing Van de Donk, um, I think, was clearly the, the X factor here because Spain, you know, had um, – was clearly the dominant team. They clearly had a, a plan. And the Netherlands, you know, was, as Nubia mentioned, very chaotic. I think the XG in this game was uh, three – something to one um there's i think spain had 27 shots to netherlands 10 so just you have a uh, stat of how many passes completed there's, that's probably got to be in like the two or three hundreds yeah um i mean i can i can find it quick but um if oh yeah want. i mean Five, 512 say. to 251 <laughs> unbelievable um, and 76 percent completed for spain to 59 percent for the netherlands so yeah that was, um, that's and it, this game could have been i mean there was about four or five big chances that spain missed uh, in the game before it even got to um, extra time. Um, and then, mm-hmm. so it just felt this game going to penalties would have felt, I mean, most games getting going to penalties feel harsh for whichever team loses. But um, if this game had gone to penalties and Spain had lost, it would have felt particularly harsh for, for the Spanish side. Yep. Uh, Rodrigo. Yeah, no, I just wanted to quickly mention that, you know, um, Spain has won the last four games in all competitions against Netherlands. So, uh, which scored a total of seven goals and only conceded one. In this game, it was totally like, like, like Dave was saying, was like they had the possession, they had everything, they just couldn't put the ball away, and it took, uh, the best player in the world to come in and a brand new teenager, 
to come in and score their first goal in a World Cup to be able to take a win it. I want to say uh, an Afro Spaniard player to be able mm -hmm. to 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 score a, a, a pretty amazing goal from a from a pass to one of the players who I've said has been key to Spain in every single game, uh, Jennifer Hermoso. So that's 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 that. That's one thing I would say that that to me that players, whoever scores the goals are great, but that players have been doing amazing work and deserves MVP of this group so far of this team so far. Yeah, let me shout out uh, the woman's name you're referring to. It is Parayuelo Ayengono. Uh, one of her parents is from Equatorial Guinea, and if, if you don't know the history of that African nation, uh, it is it is very interesting. I do not have the time. Please turn into our. Uh, anti-colonial other podcast of, of revolutions where I will spend an hour and a half explaining, but uh, lots of pirataria and lots of back and forth between all the colonizers to the point where they don't really have an official language. I think technically it's Spanish, but it, like on any given street, you, you hear like three, four, five, and then all the indigenous African languages. So it's just like Tower of Babel all the time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's where one of her parents is from. And as Rodrigo said, yeah, she's the, like the lone uh, player of African descent out there and just a spectacular left foot, uh, left foot far post. I mean, it was, it was, it was beautiful. beautiful goal. Beautiful yeah. goal. It was a beautiful goal. So beautiful celebration. And, and, and it's not like Netherlands didn't have a chance, you know, the biggest trash talker of all them, um, uh, um, Dave's favorite Berenstein bear, um was able to had a had a one-on-one -on -one conversation yes. and one-on-one -on -one -on -one that totally yeah. could have could have put that game away and then the keeper was just able to keep it in, in front of them and, and i think she thought it. she had a runner with her i think that was the problem like she thought she had somebody to lay it off to because if she would have just focused and like blasted that thing that would have yeah been... i mean which is I, which is I, too bad i actually think she did like aim to shoot at it to shoot really? the ball and i think she just mishit it at least oh. that's how I, that's how it looked like to me. Is so it more like a psychological? She, yep. So to me, it seemed like she actually did mean to take a shot and then just missed hit it. Oh, that's a, that was my feeling from the replay too. Brutal. Well, not not only that, but you you talk about the trash stacking that's been going on regarding the U.S. women, and then City Larue just literally puts it in plain <laughs> plain plain sight. I mean, Nubia, you can put this together better than I can. I mean, we all know Sydney LaRue is not one to be quiet about her opinion on things. And she, I'm, I'm pulling up the tweet here. Sorry, again, this is one of the things and that after, Eric misses. And after like, a, after like a shocking silence, like absence from Twitter for the most part. She, yes, yes, she's she primarily. In just yes, she's, she's primarily on Instagram. She is, she does a lot yep. of stuff on Instagram. And so this is what she said. She said one on Twitter, which she did not put, I don't think, on Instagram. So that's mm -hmm. also a key distinction. One thing we've learned is to wait to talk shit until after you're on the podium with a gold medal because now you're by two. Mm. Mic drop from Sydney LaRue. Yep. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got no transition after that. Let's just go to the next well Transition is that they, they play the winner of this next game. Yeah, there you go. They do. They do. Um, I'm sure this one hurt Mr. Rodrigo a little bit here. Uh, Japan won Sweden two. Uh, first goal, just kind of a garbage goal. Big mess in the box. Um, Illestet 
finally gets to it and buries it. Um, I believe, oh yeah, but then the penalty happens and then the second half, uh, another kind of unfortunate one. So at this point, going into the second half, Sweden is actually ahead 2-0. Um, Hayashi gets one back late, uh, but but that's your final. Um, I don't know who, who wants it. Rodrigo, are you, you feeling okay? Can you talk about this one? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we've, we've, we've talked about is just, you know, how Japan is so technical. But one of the things uh, that we haven't talked about is Japan's also had a lot of space. And I th- think we've talked about how, like, if you're willing to press them and, and any team who's technical and take away their space, then they become one-dimensional in that sort of sense. And Sweden did a really good job at doing that. Uh, and it frustrated the crap out of me because there's so many balls that got through and should have been a goal and just wasn't going in. Uh, uh, and I think, you know, this is, you know, I, I you know, this is Sweden's, Sweden's upset at two two big 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 teams so far this World Cup is the USA and now Japan. And so like, at one point, what do you say about you? You can't say it's luck. Now, now their coach their coaches is really setting them and setting up te- tactically what they're supposed to be doing, and it and it seems to be working. So I was impressed. I mean, Sweden is no yeah, slouch themselves. They're, I think they're like the third ranked team in the world coming into the tournament. Yes. But I mean, obviously. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm turning into the stats guy, but I'll, I'll just say this. This game was like the epitome of like like 50-50, right? 50 percent possession for each team. Um, 11 shots to 15 for Japan to Sweden. Uh, Japan, two big chances, Sweden, three. Um, 388 passes for Japan, 393 for Sweden, both at 81%. Um, I mean, this is just basically, you know, their, their total passes, 479 for Japan to 485 for Sweden. Literally, this was like, the epitome of a of you know two boxers just punching each other um and um you know the to in retro uh, sorry to rodrigo's point they did the things that no other teams have done which is step into the space that japan was was trying to create bridget nubia anything to add i think the only other the other thing that i found really interesting about this game as i was looking at the stats like dave i'm not really a stats person but um there's only one yellow card issued in this game which goes to show you, I mean, normally Sweden is a pretty physical team. Um, so, so obviously you, you see that with only one given yellow card, I'm sure there may have been other instances where yellow card would, could have been merited. Um, this was just them going toe to toe, which is actually what you love to see in a game, right? They're just going on skill and possession and everything that's beautiful about the game and, and, it's a little less on physicality, which, you know, sometimes that's just what t- it takes to win the game, right? It's just being physical and knocking people off the ball. But um, that was, that's actually kind of a, a fun thing to see. And that's kind of different from, I mean, last time we talked about how physical some other teams were playing and that um, just the bravery to like crash in and get on the ball. And, and even um, I think one of them was the Japan ga- game leading into this. Um, so yeah, it's, it kind of, Back to the like, the the technical side of the game that we tend to expect from the women's World Cup versus the men's, but um, yeah, bit of a surprise. I expected it to be a little bit more lopsided. I figured that Sweden was gonna um, probably have to play catch up for a little bit, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, surprised to see it be so even and then um, to have Sweden get the break, break breakthrough. Yeah. I'll yeah. say too, um, Japan missed a penalty um, 
hits the crossbar uh, and then um, has a really great chance on the rebound, but it's cleared off the line. Uh, and then to, yeah, to Nubius point, the only yellow card came from the, that same penalty taker like three minutes later for Japan. So um, I think, I don't know if that penalty goes in, you know, does Japan, and that's in like the, what, the 76th or 77th minute. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Does that, does that, that changes the tenor of the game probably. And, you know, I think Japan has the technical ability to, to at least get it to two, two and get it to, uh, to get it to extra time and penalties. But I mean, yeah, man, that penalty was that penalty, and we were talking about this earlier in the tournament how missed penalties and saved penalties was a kind of a a, a a narrative that was sort of developing, and I think we had kind of lost it. I think penalties were starting to go in, but now, um, obviously, now the penalties are a, you know potential for the tournament. Missing one in regular time is must be a huge morale, um, you know, huge killer of morale for for teams. Yep, I was gonna say that's a, that's a good segue into the next one before we yeah. talk about it. <laughs> Um, I was just going to add, you know, we talked about, or I think one of you brought up um, Japan's adaptability. And I think there's something to be said for Sweden's adaptability and resilience too, considering all of the different teams and the different styles that they have now overcome and beat. Um, It's still difficult, difficult for me to think this, this is a team that can win the whole thing. But having said that, you know, Maybe they're not playing the most beautiful football, but if it's effective and they're still grinding out the wins, I mean, sometimes that's the team that done. I mean, we, we, we've seen that many times before with many other teams. So, you know, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll do it. I don't know. Where they go? got something to add? No, I mean, I, I think for me, like this, you know, Sweden has done things that nobody else has really thought they could do, but, and I think and I think it's, like you say it's a test to to the way that they're able to adapt. But I mean, like David said, this team is also not a not a pushover. And I think no. you know I personally have underestimated them in a sense. But it's also not a high scoring team. So it's a it's a team that's willing to grind out a and they can do it and they can grind out a win. I mean, it's hard to be able to you know they always say two zero the two zero lead is always one of the toughest leads to hold. Um, and they've been they've been able to do to just that in a sense and just survive and grind it out. And it, it seems to be, seems to be something that, that we're missing. One last thing um, uh, regarding the Japan game, um, you know, prior to the 63rd minute uh, of the second half, right. Um, Japan hadn't taken a shot. And from the 63rd minute until the end of regulation, they take 11 shots after that. So mm-hmm. it was definitely, you know, something that, if that PK would have gone in, I think that would have been uh, a different, a different, different maker, and 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 trying to figure it out, and we could be talking extra time or PKs for sure. But yep, that's the way the game is. It's cruel. Speaking well, of and I think, PKs, well, oh, go ahead. And one really quick thing. I the other thing that I think was interesting with this particular game is that there was a lineup change, and so I don't know if that potentially could have also messed with some of the rhythm of the of the players that had gotten regular starts so Junendo did not start this game I believe um and Hina Shugita who of course my beloved Thor this particular game thank you thanks for that um I, I was just going to play off all of the uh missed and saved PKs because this next one was full of them uh let's go to Australia and France um this was the hard one to predict that I called last time and and sure enough in in regulation uh and even into all the extra times it is nil nil not without tons of chances and tons of action. I, I was actually just catching up 
some of the highlights there. I, I don't, I'll, Dave's stats guy, I don't know how many shots on goal there was, but there were a lot and it was very back and forth track meet esque, um, but nothing actually goes in. Uh, I'll, I'll open up there before we go into PKs. And, and again, I'll, I'll probably throw it to somebody else to, to take us through that whole entire narrative because it was a wild ride. But let's, let's separate PKs for now and just talk about regulation into the extra times if, if anybody has any commentary there. I mean, looking at the stats, this is a, another game where I, you like look at the stats and they were basically pretty close to being 50-50 split down the middle with passing, with shots on goal, with um, even possession, right? Like there was there, this was another game that despite, you know, France being a favorite because they are one of the best teams in the world, Australia came for them. And this, again, this was, and I don't know if this is, they picked it up a little bit because I believe Sam Kerr um, started. Um, and she came she out in the 55th in minute. Game. Sorry. She, okay, she was a sub. So, she's a 55th minute sub. Yeah. But you're, so yeah. she took, she had a big chunk of, of time that she played. Um, and so, um, I don't know if that's on kind of a little bit, um, towards the end, but, but, you know, looking at the stats and, you know, I didn't watch the whole game, like again, only one yellow card given. Um, so, um, this, this looked like you were pretty spot on. I mean, I was, this one I think was with this, like a 3, 3 a.m. kickoff or 2 a.m. I can't remember which one. It was early. So I was like, I had to have an hour time sleeping. So I was like, I kind of woke up like right after this game started. So I watched it a little bit. I was just like laying on my couch and kind of like in and out, falling asleep, you know, for 20 minutes, waking up, watching half an hour, falling asleep for 20 minutes. Um, so I didn't see this full this game fully, but um, Newbie, you are 100% correct. Like Australia came into this game with basically nothing to lose. I think, I think at this point they, you know, they're like, this is, you know, we've made it to, you know, it's quarterfinals. Um, we're at home where there's 75,000 people at the stadium. Like, what's fucking go? And they and they really that's took incredible. it to France. That's, that's worth it. And, um, yeah, there was, for a 0-0 game for 120 minutes, like, it was actually a pretty fun, intense game. But you're yeah, right. Nobody nobody really had a, you know, there wasn't too many big chances that were missed. Um, everything was, you know, either pretty much straight at a goalkeeper uh, or off target um, and and well off target. I think there's a couple of blocks. Um, Australia had a, a good opportunity in the, right, in the right before halftime that was uh, blocked by a French defender. But um, the, the story of this game, um, and you talk about teams of destiny, and you know Sweden might be a team of destiny. I think Australia might be a team of destiny. Um, you called it last getting time. Getting to the penalties. <laughs> I still, I'm sticking to that, man. I think Australia wins this whole yeah. damn thing. Good I mean, he, he, here's the thing for me. It's just that I think um having to finally get to see sam kerr play with mary fowler uh was interesting and if they figure how to work together in some sort of sense right um and figure it out with with um you know forward and and everyone else in there it should be it should be really interesting to see what that team can develop but like but now you have a healthy sam kerr and uh you're heading into the the, the home stretch so it's it's you know, it's 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 amazing as it can be, and I mean, you know, like you're right. I think I think Australia becomes a favorite uh, as of right now. And, and with regard, you get another colonizer colonist set up here. So <laughs> yeah, I know, always, always, right? <laughs> um, Dave, I'm gonna go back to you really quick, just because you're the resident goalkeeper here. Uh, let's talk about these penalties because it was a wild shootout. Um, I don't know where you want to begin, but. Uh, but take well, it away. It, it, so this is 10 penalties taken uh, for each team. So 20 penalties. Uh, goalkeepers got involved in the penalties, which I always 
I always love, even though the, the Toluca goalkeeper scored a couple penalties against us in the league step earlier last week, I still love seeing goalkeepers step up and take penalties. So um, <clears throat> I know probably most soccer coaches don't really enjoy that, uh, but I do. So we can start off. So France wins, uh, wins the toss to, to go first. Uh, and their first Selma Baca steps up and she gets, uh, uh, she misses the net completely. Um, and that gives Australia the advantage. They score their first penalty. Caitlin Ford um, finds the bottom left corner. France converts their next uh, penalty. Kia uh, Panatio, uh, man, Diani. Uh, I butchered her first name. I apologize. So it's 1-1 uh, with Australia stepping up. Uh, Steph Catley, her penalty is saved. Um, Duran, the goalkeeper for France, guesses correctly. So it's 1-1 uh, still. Wendy Bernard steps up uh, for the third round and her penalty, uh, she scores, making it 2-1 France. Sam Kerr um, steps up and buries her penalty, uh, making it 2-2. <clears throat> uh, Le Sommer for France scores to make it 3-2. Uh, and then Mary Fowler from Australia um, levels it with uh, her penalty. Um, absolutely just thunder bastard of a, of a penalty strike from Mary Fowler uh, to make it 3-3. Um, and then... Uh, Eve Perisset steps up um, for the, fi- the fifth penalty, and she completely misses. Um, Arnold, I mean, Arnold gets a slight fingertip on it, so she, she deflects it out, but I think the ball is going to hit the post or, or go wide anyways. This is kind of where it goes off the rails. This is where it goes <laughs> off the rails. So, so it's, 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 so it's a 3-3, a 3-3 tied, um, Mackenzie Arnold, and then so it's the fifth penalty for Australia. Australia with a chance to win it. Yeah. Uh, who steps up? The goddamn goalkeeper steps up. Mackenzie Arnold steps up to take a penalty. Uh, she hits it perfectly off the post. She beats the keeper, she makes the keeper go the wrong way and hits the post. <clears throat> so it saves the three, three or sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Grace Goyoro scores for France. Uh, Katrina Gori then scores for Australia. Uh, Sakina Karachai, uh, she scores for France. Uh, and then uh, to make a yellow who I believe is one of the only indigenous players um, on the Australian team. Uh, She scores for Australia, tying it up again. Um, LaCroix scores for uh, France. Ellie Carpenter steps up for Australia and scores. And then this is, you know, again, so we've had like, what, six goals in a row, six scores, uh, penalties. Um, Kenza Kenza Dali steps up for France. She has her first penalty saved. Um, but VAR intervenes, uh, says Mackenzie Arnold had come, had stepped off of her line, and she did barely, but she did. Uh, so she steps up and takes the, the penalty again, goes the exact same way, and Arnold goes the exact same way. So that's fucking some uh, mad, bad, amazing, um, you know, amazing. fucking gamesmanship there, um, and you know, yeah, trying to you know mind games and stuff. Uh, so she makes, so she makes, has two saves, uh, counts only has one. Australia again has a chance to win it. And Claire Hunt has her ball saved by uh, Duran. Um, and she, she gets it with her trailing hand. So she guesses mostly correctly, but the ball, it's balls at a place where she has to, she still has to put her hand out to, to stop it um, and makes a save. It keeps going on. Uh, Vicky Becho steps up for France. Uh, she hits hers off the post. So again, now we've had what we've had <laughs> six in a row or seven in a row. And then all of a sudden we have like five in a row of people missing. Uh, and then in the, the last penalty, the 10th penalty of the round, uh, Courtney Vine steps up and she scores, uh, sending the waltzing Matildas to the semifinal round. Um, just an absolutely bonkers right. set of circumstances to end, to end this yeah. game. 
Yeah. Good on Australia. Huge, 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 huge. Um, did you all get to see the the video of uh, the flight with the everybody in the flight watching the match when they scored the last yeah. penalty? <laughs> Spectacular. So good. So good. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a long history of, of the hosts doing pretty well in in these World Cups. So we'll see if that and and I mean credit continues. Bridget, yes. Credit to to uh Renard. I before we started recording, I was talking about a couple of these quotes from him. Um especially after the, the disallowed goal. But um so he talks about here uh we knew the qualities of Durant, the keeper. She's amazing in the penalty shootout. If we'd won, I was king of the world, but this evening I'm nothing because we lost four millimeters. Um, but he he does go on to actually say this evening it was 50-50, but destiny chose Australia. It's a fantastic image of women's football. Um, this is all after he, he makes this semi-threatening comment that uh, now we look forward. We're organizing the Olympic Games in Paris. We are, are awaiting you. We'll have our revenge. Um, so he's all hyped up for, for next July, but, um, you know, to, to have one of these coaches in in one of these really tight games or come down to kind of, kind of a mess, lots of, um, lots of referee calls, uh, you know, goals disallowed and, um, for the coach to, to leave, just talking about like the experience, like you lost a, a semifinal, like it, it it's always good to see, and especially we've we've talked a little bit about um, you know coaches through the women's side and even at this cup. Um, so to have one who leaves saying, um, "I'm wishing you the best. I'd like to repeat one more time: the competition was fantastic. Beautiful cities, beautiful stadiums, atmosphere is fantastic. It's a shame to go home, but all the best to you. You can win." And and also, nice, nice revenge. we want yeah. revenge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's um, he's he's still gonna like show his hand there, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, just the that shows you exactly what kind of game that was. I think, um, yeah. You know, when you have the coaches talking like that, so Raj um, from Men and Blazers says he goes through a uh, bottle of Jokar Noir a day. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that that guy looks, but like. Isn't he also in the running for the the U.S. Women's National Team, <laughs> like like potential coaches? As like, he might be uh, now. <laughs> I think I think he was, and he's uh, so I don't the know same. The same yeah. AP article talks about like how many other like he's the first to win, uh, and to make such deep runs in both the women's and the men's World Cups, which I had forgotten right. about. Yeah, yeah, he's so, a like, coach. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if yeah. he's going to go. I mean, like, it sounds like he wants to come back and, and coach France. I mean, it sounds coach. like he's all he's all yeah. France for the but next I, year. But like, you know, I, don't um, know. I apologize. I, th- this game had it was forty nine thousand people at because this, this was played at the Brisbane Stadium. The next game we'll all talk right. about that was oh. played at the Sydney Stadium. Yeah. That had seventy five thousand people, but still, there's, there's yeah, a sold out crowd. Still, this game. it like game. it was sold out. Yeah, so, all, yeah, all the videos, all the videos I saw from the stands, um, and like we all know a few folks who are there and, and seeing their um, their videos. It's like every stadium is just rocking for each of these yes. games, um, and also there's photos going around today of merch, um, Australian team merch. 
being sold out in like every store and every merch stand yeah like around the world cup sites and then like throughout the country like just empty shelves and and that's the beautiful part Um, about everyone's in Mm -hmm. yeah i think the thing that we we sort of miss and talk about is the fact that it's been it's always been other sports that gets talked about in like australia but right now everyone talks about women's soccer and the level of not only the play but the level of 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 just everything has has really turned an eye to the australian audience to be able to be like this is something we need to get back to and that only means that you know sponsors whatever you want to say whatever you know there's going to be money going into these programs and the development and it's it's going to feed them for the next next two world cups at least to be able to to get that and that's the beautiful part of it i think it might have been sam care who who said yesterday like you can't ignore us anymore like you you see us now like you have to see us you this is obvious um and you'll have more people demanding that as well like people are are asking why merch is sold out well someone obviously underdid the numbers for the home side thinking that they'd go out early but um yeah it's one to have the the host go that far and then to do it the way that they've done it and i think is is massive for them and it's getting attention like you said every everyone is watching um yeah everyone except that one dude on that airplane who was watching lord of the rings which at least same you know region Uh, (laughs) we can tie it in we can tie it in yeah i mean mean, it was from the new zealand so yeah i guess yeah yeah. he's he's like okay i i need to watch something else but i will at least like (laughs) Uh, well, and we can't, we can't, and we can't end talking about this game without mentioning the fact that that this game also made history with the longest penalty shootout in in either a men's or women's World Cup game. So can't, can't not, can't ignore that particular stat. Right. Thank you. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Thank you, Nubia. And the, the only French player did not take a penalty was the goalkeeper. So I'm just saying the goalkeeper needs to take the penalty sometime before you get to, before you get to 10. Um, exactly. I'm, all for, I'm all for goalkeepers taking penalties and free kicks. Just take a chill because I need that to come oh. back in my feet. That guy. So many memories. I feel, you know, I, I think locally we've underplayed all of these penalties a little bit just because we watched so many leagues cup over the last two weeks and have seen the exact same thing so it's like every single game has gone to penalties so many goalkeepers taking penalties and yeah i didn't even it it should be like a super obvious stat that that was the longest penalty shootout but we've seen so many recently it's like oh they went to 10 player okay whatever <laughs> well let's jump to the final quarterfinal match here speaking of sold out crowds we're talking now we're into the 70,000 whatever uh at the uh stadium australia for england and colombia uh this one certainly sounded like a colombian home match (laughs) or or they were just extremely vocal but i mean your final is two to one uh colombia battled 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 and the crowd was absolutely behind them, extremely loud. Um, let's begin by talking about that first goal uh, with Santos, unless you guys want to start a little earlier. But, I mean, I don't know. Did, did you all expect Colombia to take the lead in this thing? I, 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 I didn't. And I woke up early. 
because this is Santi's birthday. So I like I woke up at five to watch this game, and I was like, it's it amazes me how Colombia is so well disciplined, and they 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 have like no off button in a sense of like pressing and fighting and and as um you know as Uruguayos always say uh, garra right that 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 perseverance and strength to just keep on pushing keep on pushing regardless of what it is and and you know uh Colombia had a couple of shots I mean everyone knew that uh Caicedo was going to be double team and and probably isolated and the best thing to isolate her is is, is is to be able to put an extra body in him and just limit the space and then we're doing that um but dear Laura Lacey Santos has been such a joy to watch this tournament I mean tiny little thing that can just really but like reminds me of like of like uh uh R9 when uh when he would just move his hips and defenses would move and then and you know because they they just went, but but she's so willing to make that move and then that ball that she hit outside the box off um I think bronze was guarding her and it was just like I was like that doesn't look like a cross and I was like is she trying to shoot and it wasn't like even hit hard if she just placed it right above the goalkeeper's yeah. hands and hit that back post net. Oh my God, that is, if that isn't a goal of a tournament, I have no idea what is, because that is such a pretty goal. Yeah. yeah. It's such an important <laughs> moment, right? When like no one's even understanding what's going on. It was like the 44th minute and they just catch England sleeping. I mean, like the celebration in itself was just superb. And I, I, I screamed the goal. Uh, uh, and the only ones that woke up were my dogs, but everyone else, you know, was just like literally just like sleeping. But I was like, oh my god! Like I was like, I was like, I was so excited for that goal. Yep. So I was I went to the black card to watch this, and there was like the four or five regulars of us who get to the five, like five a.m. games, <clears throat> and there were a couple other. There were like maybe like five or six other people who showed up, and we were like, oh, I don't know, do they here for? Are they cheering for England? Because we all wanted, we were all cheering for Colombia. We all wanted Colombia to go through. Um, and when uh, Santos scored that goal, everybody in the bar just like got up and started jumping and high fiving one another. It's like, okay, these are these are cool folks. They're not here to support to support England. Um, I, I don't. Rodrigo, to your point, when she originally took that shot, I assumed she was crossing, and then went in. And you're like, holy fuck! What the what the fuck did I just see? And then you know, the more <laughs> they showed the replays, you're like, oh no, she saw the keeper off her line. And knew exactly what the hell she was doing. And the, I mean, the XG on that is 0 0.03. So like nine, 97% of the time that doesn't even like hit the crossbar, but like let alone go into the goal. The fact that she hit it and she hit it so perfectly with, you know, a world-class defender uh, trying to mark, trying to mark her um, was absolutely, it was absolutely breathtaking. And you're right, man, that is definitely, that's gotta be the goal of the tournament. I mean, both, both that goal and that Caicedo goal are, are should be in the running. Hopefully they don't split the, uh, Split the vote, but yeah, that is definitely that's definitely up there, man. It was it was a fun thing to watch it with a bunch of people. So, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, unfortunately, uh, shortly thereafter, in in the stoppage of uh, the first half, there's a bit of a well, what do we, it's like it's a keeper howler. There's no way to say it. Uh, just a mess in the box. Keeper stops it, and Dave, I guess I'll stay with you since again keeper uh keeper vision over there what i mean what happened here i can't i can't slide, i can't slide underneath go ahead take it i can't defend that one. i mean that was just it was poor it was a poor touch by the keeper she should have controlled the ball um i mean she she had basically had two stabs at it the, it, the defending wasn't great because the defender comes sliding into the keeper and 
Um, I think the defender kind of the, the, the she gets a knock on the ball, um, pushes it past, but that was that was an absolute holler from the goalkeeper. And um, yeah. you know, you have and I would say the goalkeeping on the other one, you know, there's that's you know, she's it she's not in there are a couple things that the, the English goalkeeper does where she st- she takes a step up when Santos has the ball to sort of coming at bronze, I think expecting her to, to pass the ball instead of, instead of like taking that shot. So, you know, the goalkeeping is not great there, but there's that's, that shot was one in a million. Um, this one was just absolutely, yeah. The, the goalkeeper was uh, yeah. She just was just in it and, you know, makes a mistake and it happens to all of us. Um, right. It, it, the sucks that happens. Literally. It's the last, the last touch of the, of the first half, right. Exactly. The, six, right. the stoppage time. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the thing that breaks say. your back as a goalkeeper. Right. I, I think for um, me it was just Catalina. Catalina Perez has been so great at this at this tournament, and I think the, the defense. There was a chance where one of the defenders could have headed the ball and hesitated, and then that's when the ball got down, and that's just where inexperience comes in, right? And I think that's that's one of the the Achilles' heels for this Colombian team has been their inexperience. A lot of the goals that they scored on, we can t- go back to the fence game with Wendy Renard. No one covered her on a on, 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 on a corner, and what does she do? Has the ball in, right? I mean, it's like, is that is that is that you know world stage experience that they they're not used to, uh, but they but they're learning, right? And I think that was one of the things. It was it was totally like a, a morale morale killer, literally in extra time in the first half to be able to, uh, you know, you could be going down up one up one zero, but here you are tied one one, and they ended up playing um, into um, into the rest of the game. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, I think if you, so I did not get up at five o'clock in the morning to watch it, but I did get up to watch the last 20 minutes. Um, and if you just watch the last 20 minutes, like I did, I mean, obviously I watched the first half and replay later, but, um, if you just watch the, the, the last 20 minutes of that game, um, England knew how dangerous Colombia was because all they did was, was defend and, and like try and hold down, um, Colombia from from scoring again because if you only watched the last twenty minutes like I did, you would have thought that England actually did not deserve to win this game because the chances that Colombia was making and the runs that was happening, the passes and the missed shots, um, it was all Colombia and they were like they were playing until the final whistle and you could see it in their play. Um, and, you know, Rodrigo and I said this, and we, we will continue to say this again. Imagine if they would have had the support of their federation from the beginning, the kinds of training that they could have had early on, um, the experience that they could have had by playing some of these teams and friendlies, on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, and so, so if anything, I was really sad to see them go out because from the, from the live game that I watched, it did look like England does not, did not deserve to be there. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how they play the next round game. And I know we'll talk about it at that point in time, because they did not look like a very cohesive unit. Um, and you need to be able to play a full 90. You can't just play 70 minutes and expect to win a game. Um, especially at this level, especially in this competition this time, right? Like everybody has stepped it up and England can't just play 67 minutes. They need to play a full 90 and they did not look good um, towards tail end. Um, so, so if anything, that, that, that was, that was um, a little bit upsetting for me to see Colombia go out the way that they did, because I just didn't think that England deserved to win. Um, I, though I'm sure Dave will, will probably agree with me when, you know, whatever fucking, but, but 
Um, but they did not look like they wanted it at the end. They were just bunkering and praying that they wouldn't get a, a like bounce, a bad bounce that would eventually get them tied up and go into extra time. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with any of that. I was just going to mention the before the enter, entry point that you had, Nubia, uh, Russo scores that second goal. And I guess to Rodrigo's point, well, both of your points about the lack of experience, that too was a ball that I think one of the defenders probably could have got to, but for whatever reason, there was a hesitation. And she's able to get that pass, turn on it, and shoot with very little pressure and score that goal. Um so just, again, one of those brain fart moments where oops, right. messed up and there's the goal. I also think, too, is like, you know, uh, uh, Catalina, uh, the goalkeeper was also having vision problems because eventually she ended up getting subbed out. Like they had to stop the game a couple of times and put eye drops on her. I don't know if it had to do with anxiety because I've seen that happen to players with anxiety. But it was just one of those things that 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 you hate to see um, because – Gata was was playing a um is at a solid tournament and um they put in another 18. But one of the things about this game is like to be honest with you, like to 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 kind of add on to what Nubia was saying, like Chacon comes in, uh as a Guzman comes in, all like 18 year all players who've been playing who won the the World Cup with uh for the U20, right? So these are all young players. And they change the tempo of this game. And, you know, it's just, you know, it, it gives you a, a vision as to what the next World Cup will be, uh, could be for Colombia. But in addition to that, it it, it really drives down the point is like, we need to be able to have player, teams like this federations play games. Because you look at it, you know, Colombia and a lot of South American teams, the only thing to look forward to is Copa America. And that's what, four or five games maybe, right? Every 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 so often years, there's no friendlies, right? There's no leagues. There's no like international leagues, right? Where they can do that or there's, it's it's just that. And I think that's the thing that, you know, it stunts the growth for them because they don't get a chance to play and be able to figure things out. Everything's, you know, like, let's go to a, tur let's go to a tournament. And they can't afford to go to tournaments, right? Nobody of them can. You know, and I think that's the thing that that needs to be something if Kobe Ball wants to be able to be like, oh, yeah, you know, this World Cup has raised the the bar as to what um, South American football for the women's side can look like. I was like well, then, well, then do something about it. Right. Have them play. Right. Make sure that they're getting the stuff that they need and have them play more games. So that way they can really when it comes to the next World Cup or the Olympics, you you have a different. You, you can see the development, and you have a. You have different teams coming into play. Yeah, that's that's well said. Um, let's go to some uh, semifinal predictions and kind of outlooks and things here. We already know that, that Zeller's got Australia, and it's difficult to root against them at this point, especially since they're picking up the the colonizer. Listen, man. Uh, yeah, the, the team of destiny, I think, I think to Nubia's point, England has not looked good in the knockout. I mean, they didn't look good in the first two matches of the group stage, right? Then they uh, kicked the shit out of China. Um, but then they struggled against Nigeria. They struggled against Colombia. Um, Australia clearly watched France's games and had a game plan. I think Australia is going to have a game plan for England. And they have 
Sam Kerr, arguably one of the best players in the world, and hopefully she can go a full 90. So um, mm-hmm. I like Australia in that one. And, and Lauren you. James is out again the next game. Because she, her, okay, is that official? Yes, her red card is two matches. So mm-hmm. this one was one, and so she will be out that semifinal. So the okay. only way that she will be playing again is if obviously they make it into the third round, the third place game or the final. So, so they're also going to be without Lauren James. Well, I don't like Chelsea, so that's good. <laughs> Bridget, what, what do you think between Australia and England? I also don't like Chelsea, so that's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Something happened earlier. No. So, so yeah, I apparently, it yeah. No, it didn't. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I agree. Um, I'm I'm going Australia. I mean, and like like newbie, I, I did not get up to to watch that one, but um, I woke up at one point while it was still happening. I checked the scores and the stats, and I thought, well, Colombia should definitely be winning it, and they're not. And okay, and I rolled over and went back to sleep, and was not surprised to see that um, England had still managed to win. Um, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going all Australia on that one. And I just don't think that, you know, we've talked about Japan being able to adapt. Australia has been doing the, the same thing. Um, and England definitely can't for whatever reason, even though they have, I mean, they have all the pieces that they, you would expect would be needed to do that, but, um, especially without Lauren James, I think they're a little lost, but um, yeah, we're, I think we're all going Australia here. I think so too. Is there anybody going for England? Do I even need to ask that? I don't think I do. Rodrigo is all <laughs> England all the time. <laughs> yes, he, I am. I am. I am as England as the that, Martinez are the Falcon if, if that If that would happen, he would need to find a new place to live. <laughs> The, the, the English team needs to be owned by uh, a terrible Saudi dictatorship. That oil thing. That there, there needs to be a little caveat in there. Disclaimer, oh if you my will. god! <laughs> it was too easy. It's like New Jersey, new shirt sponsor for England national team Emirates. Oh uh, <laughs> I love you, bro. <laughs> uh, how about Spain and Sweden? I'm a total Spain back. person. Yes. Like <laughs> I, I, I love Spain. You know, I just I can't I can't wait for Spain to 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 win another. Oh wait, never mind. To to win to to win another game, maybe. I don't know. No, I'm all Sweden. Come on now. What's what kind of what kind of question is that? Like, you know, I like the best player in the world, sure. I like, you know, no, I just I just can't root for Spain. You know, it's just it's just one of the things that's written in my DNA contract. I don't root for Spain. So, yeah. That's a whole other podcast episode for me with DNA contracts. We're not going to get into that. Uh, I, go ahead. I'm, we probably, have... I'm probably going to watch this as a neutral, quite frankly, except this is my only exception. If Spain starts Alexia, then that might be a different story. <laughs> and even then, only slightly. But I think that this game I would probably just watch as a neutral because I, it, I it'll know. be a fun one just to sit back and right yeah watch yep. the chaos or the watch you guys mean to watch it on whatever you guys mean to watch it on replay because this one's at like three o'clock in the morning and I don't <laughs> imagine yeah, any yeah. of you, you guys I, are getting I probably will 
Nope, and I probably will watch it on replay on Peacock in Spanish because I'm sure there will be all kinds of shenanigans that will be discussed on the Spanish replay. Mm, yeah, that's true. This, this to me seems like it's going to be, I mean, who knows? Because Sweden adapts just like we said, Australia. But I mean, my, my initial reaction is like a high powered Spanish offense versus a Swedish midfield and, def- and defense that can contain. And what's going to happen there? <laughs> There's something, something's going to have to give at some point. I mean, lest we forget, Japan kicked the shit out of Spain uh, for nothing. And then Spain, Sweden just beat Japan. I, I mean, talk about, I mean, I don't know. T- see, Teams of Destiny is, you know, it's, it's such a cliche bullshit thing. But with, you know, World Cups, you got to have a little bit of luck too, right? It can't just be a ton of luck, uh, not a little. So, like, you know, Morocco, <laughs> Morocco in, the, in the men's World Cup uh, last year. Um, I, I, you know, I think Sweden is a team of destiny and then we're going to have two teams of destiny. And then it's, you know, then we have to let God decide and let her figure it out. So, um, you know, nice. Got that in. And, and then one point uh, we'll have destiny's child. That's what we'll have. Oh my God. Shut up. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I also think it will very much depend in if our Swedish keeper is playing on her head again. Right. Cause she has made a huge difference. For that Swedish side is is her she was she's been playing out of her mind. Um, except I think that if she goes up against this high powered Spanish offense, I think that she's going to need a lot more than just stand on her head. She's going to need the defense to really kind of step in and prevent some of those shots from 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 going off. But we shall see. We shall indeed. Uh, at this point, between these four teams, I mean, I'm sure listeners already know this. I know. All of you esteemed colleagues do, but we're we're gonna get a new champion. Uh, these are all newbies that have never won before. So whoever, however this thing pans out, it's gonna be a first timer, which is kind of cool. Um, I think we can leave it there, unless we got any final words to wrap things up. I, I think we're gonna do for the listeners. We're gonna do one final one, uh, final uh, Minnesota Football Dave's Women's World Cup after the uh the finals so we'll, we will we'll touch on the third place and whatnot we're thinking about maybe getting it in uh dave's traveling i think the best idea that we came up with is we're just gonna wait until that sunday or later on once it's all wrapped and then not we'll not sunday i'll be i'll be watching the, i'll be watching the loons in new york but tuesday right, or right, wednesday we, that, I mean, and i think yeah we talked yeah. about maybe doing a maybe having a little post like a post-mortem on the on the u.s women i know we, we talked a little bit about it but Maybe having now that we've had some, you know, a little time away from it to collect our thoughts and stuff. If people are interested in that, so sure. yeah, let us let you know. Let uh, MN Football Show on Twitter know, or let uh, TDIK uh, on Twitter know um, if you're interested in something like that. So perfect. All right, we'll do it again. And thank you, listeners, and thank you, Rodrigo, Bridget, Dave, and Nubia, as always. See if we can get, maybe get Issa back in here. I don't know what her her school schedule is like but it'd be fun to get a little she doesn't go back to, she doesn't go back till the end of uh august but okay. actually she can definitely get in yeah except i almost feel like you probably want g because she That's has good. as david and bridget can say can attest to her opinions are quite colorful <laughs> absolutely we will she yes absolutely. she would fit in well with the, yep. the, with the football daves for sure the minnesota football <laughs> daves for sure so <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if we get we can get a uh, a guest for the net for the last one. That'd be that'd be fun. Or you know, or Rod- Rodrigo and Nubia just like like put a like recorder like immediately after the final and just get like a 
unfiltered <laughs> ten minute uh, oh, talk about what you know what she just witnessed or something. So we could we could tack that on or something. Yeah, I mean <laughs> we we could Absolutely. we could definitely do that. I mean, I don't know. Well, wait, what time is the final? Do it know is uh, sun, Sunday 5 at five a.m. I believe. So a little early. Yeah, I don't know that we'll. I don't know that. I don't know that I can convince. <laughs> either one of them to get up unless Issa is in, in a fit of insomnia and then maybe she might already be up so um but yeah Fair we'll enough. see we'll see yeah <laughs> I don't have insomnia but I'll be up yeah it's the final do it for the final I'm trying to find a bar in all New right, York buddy. to watch it so yeah let's let's do that so we'll talk to you we'll talk to y'all in, in a few days yeah we got you guys